Good morning. Man, it's a good day. It's not 110. Amen. If you're watching online and you don't know what we experienced, you're one of the people who watches from other places, just know it's finally getting good. So <laughs> we are thankful that the Lord is good uh, when it's not 110 degrees. But uh, like Barry said, uh, my name is Pastor Josh, and my wife and I, we were actually in Chicago this last week to do uh, a wedding for Gabe and Melissa. We're some awesome people in our church. Uh, so excited. They're, they're so fun. We really enjoyed that. See some family. But I really missed being here, being with you guys. It's fun to see you and uh, see your smiling faces and some new people that I met this morning from all over. Excited to see you uh, from all over, new people that we've met. And so I just want to say welcome. I'm, I'm glad that, that you're here. And I really want to encourage you this morning that some great things are happening. Uh, some of you may or may not know because you've only ever seen us here that we have actually purchased a building uh, right down the road here on Main Street where we're so excited for. And, and I just want to give you guys an update that we're basically in our planning phase, getting everything approved so we can just start ripping into the building. So if you could join us in praying that everything gets approved and uh, I'll give you the sledgehammer myself and you can get in there, uh, you know, HGTV style and do some demo days. You know, you got to give to Kingdom Builders, but no, I'm just joking. Uh, but yeah, we're really, really excited. And kind of with that and with our, with our move here, there's two what I would consider foundational ministries of Banner Church that we're relaunching. We just simply did not have the time uh, to do some of this stuff or the space or the capacity. We were having our third child because we keep having them for some reason. Um, I don't know why, but um, <laughs> I know why. Um, but we, uh, we put them on pause because we want to do them really well at Banner Church. We want to do things well. We love our community well. And so the two things are, one of them is Presence Night. And Presence Night is our worship and prayer gathering where we spend intentional time really focusing on the presence of God. It allows us to practice the prophetic and to be in that space. It allows us to maybe even just take a deep breath. You know, it might be the only deep breath you get that month of just relaxing in the presence of God. You might say, well, where are we going to do that? In the demo building or the school? No, we're actually going to start doing it at the park. So we're going to do it at the park at night. All that info is going to go up, but we're just going to have that opportunity to, to be in the park in our city, to be praying, and then however we feel led uh, to just worship together. It should be a really uh, encouraging time. The second thing, you guys ready for the second thing? Is we're bringing back what we call Love the Block. And uh, Barry mentioned Kingdom Builders. In Kingdom Builders, there's three facets. There's global missions, and we support, we support over 20 missionaries around the world. Then there's another facet called Future Church Expansion, where we really seed into what God is doing and, and going to do in the future. And then there's the part that I think is probably one of the most dearest to my heart, and that's local outreach. So global, local, and future. And as part of local outreach, we have what we call Love the Block, which we've just called it that because because there's a sense of personal ownership of saying, I'm going to love the people in my community. And so we've done it all kinds of different ways. We've gone door to door. We've done projects. We've done it through the school. But we're really relaunching it here. And we're beginning with a couple things. One is projects at the school here at Carson. So Delaney and her team are putting together uh, some great projects for us to love on the school. And then not only at the school, but in the neighborhood around our new building. And then 
in partnership with the East Valley Dream Center, focusing on families. So we're gonna have a lot of stuff coming up and I wanna encourage you, if you would like to be part of a, a team of people, we're putting together kind of a lead team to, to help my, myself and, and Pastor Katie with that, I would love to talk to you. If that's a passion you have to love the community around you, I know we all have that passion, but I just mean like you feel like that's your gifting. I would love to talk to you about that. So after church, would you come up and would you just talk to me? We're gonna be out eating snow cones, I believe, after. Come talk to me. We'll uh, share a snow cone. Maybe not share. You'll eat yours and I'll eat mine. Uh, <laughs> we're not sharing. Uh, but I would love to talk to you about that. Cool? So President's Night, Love the Block, those things are launching here in three weeks. So stay tuned. Awesome? Awesome. I want to talk to you about the word awe. Somebody say awe. Ooh, ah, yeah. I want to talk to you about awe today. You know, two years ago, my wife and I took a trip to Montana to pick up a dog because we're crazy. Um, and also it was COVID, so everybody was buying dogs. You guys remember that? When you like couldn't find a dog? Um, so we're like, you know what? I knew a guy who had dogs for sale in Montana. I was like, I've never been to Montana and I love to road trip. I said, let's drive to Montana. And so we drove to Montana and we pulled into uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'd never been there before and it was late. And so we pulled in, we parked, we got some dinner, you know. Uh, we woke up the next day to drive out of Jackson Hole. And again, you know, when you drive somewhere in the dark, you have no idea like what's around you. You're like, okay, this looks like every Midwest or like every Western tourist town ever. It's like, there's like a country bar and then like a lot of expensive trinkets. I'm like, I, okay, I'm getting the read off this place. But when we woke up and we drove out of town, the Grand Teton Mountains are right there, like with the sun coming over. And I was just like, like it was there the whole time, right? Like it was just hiding in the dark. It was just like, like huge and incredible. And to be honest, I don't know if you've ever seen the Grand Tetons. I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. And I, I said to my wife, because I, I honestly was in awe. I was just like, that is awesome. And it felt like the most appropriate use of that word I had done maybe in my entire life, other than seeing my child. I'm like, that's awesome. But I was just in awe of that experience. Do you remember maybe the last time you were just in awe of something? Like you saw the Grand Canyon and you're just like, wow, that is the biggest hole in the ground, not filled with water I have ever seen, right? The last time you were just absolutely overwhelmed by the magnitude or the incredible nature of something that you almost couldn't even talk. You're just like, I didn't think I'd be impressed by rocks, but this is amazing, right? How about this? Do you remember the last time you were totally in awe of God? Like not just the Grand Teton Mountains or, or the Grand Canyon, but the last time you were just profoundly in awe. You had such an encounter with God that you could say, that is awesome and mean it. Not awesome like pizza is awesome or awesome like my wife is awesome, though she's very awesome, uh, but awesome in the sense of, wow, that is awe-inspiring. When was the last time you had such a profound encounter with God that you could say, that's awesome, full of awe and mean it? What does it really mean to be in awe of God? 
I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about what it means to stand in awe of the Lord Almighty and what that looks like. And I want to jump to the word awe and look at that together. Turn to your neighbor and say, awe. See, there you go. Like you're at the dentist. All right. Uh, your neighbor now knows if you brushed your teeth this morning or not and how many cups of coffee you had. Some of you were like, uh, <laughs> that's fair. I respect that. In the Old Testament, the word awe comes from the Hebrew word yare, which means, uh, I guess it's directly translated as fear. And I'm going to explain that in a second. Uh, it's listed over 400 times, this word in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in the Greek, the word that's often used is phobos, which you might recognize from the word phobia, which one guess, what does that translate to? Fear, like uh, arachnophobia, fear of spiders. How many people, just be honest, don't like spiders? Like, you know they serve a purpose in creation. You're thankful they eat bugs, but personally, you're not hanging out, right? right? I, love, I love spiders from a healthy distance that I don't feel they could jump. I don't know why I assume every spider, come on, somebody be honest, is going to jump at me. What, what would possess that in my mind to assume that? But I assume that. I'm pro-spider, but I'm anti-spiders jumping. Anyways, I digress. Phobos is the word there. But in the original language, fear the Lord or a fear of the Lord does not mean to be afraid. It means sustaining a joyful, astonished awe and wonder before him. That's why we see most of the usage of this term in the New Testament being at the astonishing works of God. After Jesus heals the paralytic and then says, your sins are forgiven, Luke 5, 26 says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. In raising the widow's son, when Jesus raises the widow's son in Luke 7, it says they were, they, the people who were witnessing it, were filled with awe and praised God. They said a great prophet has appeared among us. After the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.43 says everyone was filled with what? Awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Awe, the awe of God, not fear, awe. See, when confronted by God's awesome presence, the, the human response is to be shaken. I mean, to be honest, the Bible never records a, a direct personal encounter with God where the individual was not visibly shaken by God's awesomeness, right? There, there's nowhere in the Bible where God appears to somebody and the person's like on their phone, they're like, what? Oh yeah, okay, whatever, right? Oh, oh, it's a, I, I mean, it was cool. Hey, did God appear to you? Yeah. What was it like? I don't know. It was okay. Right? In every instance where God appears to somebody, where there's a profound encounter, people are shaken to their core. Right? When God appears to Moses in the burning bush, that's like the original shook. Here's a guy who's 40 years with sheep and a bush is on fire speaking to him. If you're not shaken by that, I don't know, you're probably high or something. I don't know like, what's going on in your life. That you would not be stirred by like, wait a second, the bush is speaking, like the presence of God is here in a bush. When Isaiah sees the, the glory of God in his vision, he says, woe to me, right? He is in awe of the glory of God. He is literally shaken. He thinks he's going to die. 
when Jesus appears to Saul on the road to Damascus, literally it knocks him off the donkey and he's blinded. He is shaken to his absolute core so it changes everything about him. When God has an encounter, and we have an encounter with the Most High, it does shake us. It does something to us that puts us in awe of who he is. But I want to tell you something. Awe is more than just a state of emotion. Awe is a disposition of God's people. Now, I know some of us, we probably have never heard a sermon on awe, so I'm here to teach you today because awe is not just an emotion. Awe, write this down if you're taking notes, is a disposition of God's people. Since the Old Testament, I'll explain, God's people were commanded to show regard for his power and dominion. In Jeremiah 33, it says, this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all the nations on the earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they, meaning the nations, will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provided for it, it being Israel. See, awe is a disposition. It's a mark of how the people of God ought to live. See, we don't just experience awe as an emotion as those who are children of God. We live, we breathe, and we operate in awe of God. But I think we can be honest, and I hope we can. Can we be honest today? Is that okay? That living in awe or cultivating a life of awe is not a common position. We don't often wake up going, I hope I cultivate awe today. Right? I wake up going like, why doesn't my child sleep through the night? And what is that smell? And the chicken door broke again. So I hear them crying out there, whatever chickens clucking. And it's 530 and I just want to sleep. Right? You know, I don't wake up like I'm in awe. Right. Nor do we often really examine it. This might be the first time. And so I want to give you this kind of license here to explore this in your heart as I'm preaching. This might be the first time you've ever examined awe before. You might not even be sure what a life of awe looks like or how you can live in awe or how you can experience this crucial piece of reverent faith. But I think it is important. So I want us to look at it today as we're closing out our series on cultivating. I want us to look at awe because it's so special and it's so important. It's so life-changing if we begin to live in awe of God. So where do we begin? How do we begin to cultivate a life of awe? What kind of awe do we cultivate? If it's a position that God has called us, if it's a disposition he's created us for, how do we cultivate it? There's a couple places we start. You ready? Okay, the first one is the awe of creation. Somebody say creation. creation. Man, I don't know about you, but creation is awe-inspiring to me. I know everyone's different, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I love nature. Uh, let me share a piece of my nerdery to you. There's a, there's a few things that I nerd out about. Um, the church, uh, scripture. I, mean, I didn't get a master's because I was bored, right? Uh, scripture, uh, motorcycles. I nerd out about motorcycles. My wife's like, what are you looking at? And she's like, wait, why am I asking you? I know it's motorcycles. I'm like, if we do this and change this, we can, we, re you know. The other thing is plants. Are there any other people who really love plants? Just somebody. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you're here. That's... Okay, let me, let me share. Can I share how cool creation is with you just real quick? Let me give you one nerd fact. Are you ready about creation? Now, if you don't have a green thumb, uh, dudes, you can still impress girls at, at, at parties here. She's got dreadlocks. You think she might like a plant fact. Um, I'm going to give it to you right now. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Uh, I, 
when a plant grows, and it's got beautiful leaves, you know, pick a plant, spinach or something like that. When it grows up and, and it, it becomes beautiful, it's full of life and its leaves are growing, naturally other bugs try to come and eat that plant, you know, predatory aphids or things like that. And so what happens is when those bugs begin to eat that plant leaf, that plant knows not only that it is being eaten, but it knows what is eating it. And so it sends out a signal, a chemical signal, this is cool to me, uh, <laughs> to attract a predatory insect to eat the kind of bug that is eating it. So think on that. The plant is smart enough to send out a chemical signal that attracts a specific predatory bug to eat it uh, because it's the thing that's eating the plant. Isn't that amazing? So the plant knows. It's conscious enough to do that, to send that out. It's amazing. Um, like, for example, fresh cut grass. You know why it smells the way it does? Because it's alerting other plants around it that it's being attacked. <laughs> yeah, it's the smell of murder. <laughs> that's, that's what you love. <laughs> it's nostalgia for us, but total fear for it. No, <laughs> it's true, right? That's the amazing, nature is amazing. The deeper you go into nature, the less likely you are to be convinced that just the universe just pooed out this thing that's now living and breathing and operating, right? Is the deeper you go into nature, you go, wow, something, somebody, some being really knew what it was doing, right? And that's the Lord God. Creation inspires awe because God made it really, really, really good. It's awe-inspiring. What I find fascinating is that we've given away the awe of creation to the hippies. And you would say, well, look at your hair. You might be one of them. No, no. <laughs> Maybe. Right? We, we've allowed those who don't know the most high God to take charge of reverence of his creation. And we've said like, oh, if you, if you love, you know, creation, if you're just in awe of creation, then you must just be like a tree hugger or a hippie. And, and I think that's tragic because the amazing thing about creation is it should point us to the creator. But if we abandon the awe of creation just to the, the hippie pagan ideology, not only do we lose so much, but we misguide them. The, the problem with pagan ideology outside of God that begins to worship creation is that it replaces the worship that should be going to God and it worships the things that God made. And Romans 1.25 says that they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who's forever praised. And then it goes on to detail all of the perverse actions and sexual immorality that came from worshiping the creation instead of worshiping the creator. But here's the reality is that we have this really beautiful opportunity for the awe of creation to point us into a deeper awe of God. Because all of creation is glorifying and worshiping God. And when we awe in his creation, we participate in the worship of the most high God. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Did you see that? It says, the heavens declare God's glory. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. It says, day after day, they pour forth speech. 
Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words, their words to the end of the world. In heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. See, this is what I love. The created world is a God-made work displaying his glory. A.W. Tozer said, God dwells in his creation and is everywhere indivisibly present in all his works. We see this all the time, this confusion, because we, we, we've allowed the awe of creation to go away to, to, to pagan ideology. Pagans worship the moon. And I would say, like, I'm not trying to be hard. If you come from that tradition, I'm not trying to be cruel to you, but simply to say, I understand why somebody would consider, like, being in awe of the moon, because it is pretty cool, right? The moon is pretty amazing and how it affects the tides and operates. But just the, the moon only receives its glory from the sun. You only see the moon because it is revealed to you by the sun. That's the truth of all creation. Just as the moon receives its glory from the sun, all creation receives its glory from the most high God. And so to all creation should point us back to the most high God. If you're still with me, even when we're talking about the earth, say amen. amen. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what's been made so that people are without excuse. See, God has written the gospel in his word. The word of God is good, amen? But he's also written on trees and flowers and fields and all of creation. Creation is worshiping God. And so when you awe at creation, it points us to God. We don't have time for this, but there's debates constantly about what our role is in creation. But I'm just here to say today that if you are looking to cultivate a life of awe, go out and like Abraham, look at the stars. Go out, look at the, the canyons, look at the water, look at the earth. Not to worship dirt or worship stars, but that the awe of creation would lift our eyes to God. People say, how could we truly be alone in the universe? The universe is too grand and too great and too expansive for there only to be, you know, just for humans. And we say, it's not for humans, it's for God. It's not for our glory. It's for God's glory. Like, how can it be so expansive and so great and so huge and so vast? Maybe because God is so great and so huge and so vast that the only way he can get finite human understanding to even taste a bit of his greatness is to project it into the heavens for a millennia. Go out. Look at the stars. Get out of the city. Look at the stars. Come back Saturday night and come to church. But Saturday, look at the <laughs> That the awe of creation would lift your eyes towards God. Second thing, the awe of salvation. Somebody say salvation. Salvation. Sometimes, man, I got to be honest, I'm overwhelmed by the reality of salvation. Now, if you're not a believer, I just I want to tell you that there's a reality of salvation that when you discover it, changes everything in your life. You might have heard about church or you might have heard about believers and you might think that what we're trying to, to get you in is like fold you into some club with a list of rules. But can I tell you what, what we're inviting you into and what Christ is inviting you into is the awe of salvation. Man, where we just stop and we think of the cross. When was the last time you stopped and thought of the cross? That's why we do communion. Because the banner, we want to stop. We want to think of the cross. Honestly, let's do it. Let's just, just pause for a second. If you could, could you close your eyes with me this morning?
just for a second. Just for a second, think of the cross of Jesus Christ where he was crucified, where he was set upon the cross, where he bore every sin, all the wrath of God upon him, and there he is beaten and bruised. Do you see him? He's hanging on the rugged cross, looking at you through eternity, through time, with eyes of love and embrace who welcomes you in. Just ponder that for a second. Be in awe that the God of the universe stepped down for you. Isn't that good to be in awe of God? Most of our week, I don't think we spend in awe of uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? But it is really an amazing place to stand in awe of God, right? Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, right? Think about that. That is a place of awe. While I was dead in sin, right? Again, church, sometimes like this is the key of why we're here. This is like literally the only reason why we're here. It is not banal or lame or boring. This is like something that we, if we had no other books, if we had no study guides, if we had no other worship songs, if we had no instruments, we could still come to church and have a good time. You know why? Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is just that good. It doesn't need anything else. It's just that good. That's why we can meet in a school, right? It's because the resurrection of Jesus is enough for us to just go, wow, and then look at somebody else and go like, wow, and they're like, yeah, same, right? <laughs> they're like, ah, man, like I, a, a wretch like me, God loved and saved and restored, and they're like, me too, and you're like, I know, and they're like, whoa, okay, right? But it's this beautiful thing we get to do together is that we get to be in awe of God, that Jesus Christ came to the earth, that he bore the weight of my sin, that he went to the cross, that he took the full wrath and judgment of God upon himself. See, I think when we pause in awe of the resurrection and awe of salvation, I think it gives us hope. Right? Because if he did that, if we, if we audit creation and we audit salvation, what is left that is beyond his grasp? God, I'm in awe of the world that you've spoke into existence. And I'm in awe of my life that you redeemed from the pit. And now I go to work and nothing seems beyond you. My job can't be beyond you if speaking creation into existence wasn't beyond you. And if dying and resurrecting for my sins is not beyond you, amen? Gives us hope. Man, when we just pause in our life, you don't need a deep devotional book to do this. You just need a minute. Don't overcomplicate your faith. Better to have relationship and intimacy than complication. Just say, God, I'm in awe of you and that you saved me and that you love me. Man, I bet if you dwelled on just that for a week, it would change your life. Okay, third thing. You still with me? The awe. Someone say, ah. Good job. Of his presence. The awe of his presence. So this series is kind of a teaching series, right? And so as part of the teaching series, I'm trying to inject theology without saying like, here's theology all the time. But this is an important understanding is that when we see the Western church, we often see worship, personal or corporate, as kind of a give and take. 
I bring this to God, he gives this to me. I give this to God, he gives this to me. And so sometimes the tension on a Sunday is, I don't feel like I have anything left to give. Come on. Or like, I'm not sure I got anything, right? It's, a, it's about give and take. Now, sometimes we bring things to God, right? Our heart and we surrender things all the time. But what this is really about to awe in his presence is actually something I think profoundly greater than just an exchange. And I say this because the best view, again, we're gonna get a little, little bit of heaven here. Is that okay? Okay, the best view of presence, unadulterated, uninterrupted presence we have is heaven, right? Like the perfect intimacy that we're going to have with God is in heaven. Like nothing's going to interrupt you. You're not going to get a text from work when you're in heaven. It's just you and God. Amen. Some of you are like, a flipping man, right? It's perfect. It's good. And so in that space of heaven, what we see is awe around the throne. In Revelation 4, we see that there's these winged creatures. You can go read about it. It'll blow your mind if you've never read Revelation. Have fun. Don't YouTube about it. It's a bunch of people making stuff up that don't know what they're talking about. Um, but if you're confused, I'll, I'll help you. Uh, Revelation 4 talks about winged creatures that are endlessly singing, holy, holy, holy. Revelation 5 talks about thousands of angels gathering around saying, worthy is the lamb. It talks about every living creature praising God. Revelation 19 talks about the great multitude that are singing hallelujah. And people say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God blank, right? Do we all have that thing, right? What's the deal with mosquitoes, right? <laughs> I don't know. How come peanut butter and jelly works so well? And it doesn't, I don't know, whatever. I don't know whatever you're doing. Like, and obviously the bigger things. But I'm just going to be honest. You're not going to ask. Can I just tell you right now? You're not going to ask. You're not going to ask the finite nature of the world. You're not going to ask about that. You're going to be blown away in awe. Someone say, ah, at the presence of God, right? We are going to be absolutely enveloped in complete and perfect awe of God and that beautiful, perfect place of no anxiety and all kinds of peace, no pain and all kinds of joy. That is where you're going to live all eternity for those who confess Jesus as Lord. That's amazing to awe in his presence. But here's the thing. We're not there yet. And I got three kids, so I'm hoping it holds on for a little while. But I want to say we don't have to wait for heaven to awe in his presence. We have it here. That the Holy Spirit is even with us right now. Right? The psalmist even knew. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I go up to the heavens, you're there. When I make my bed in the depths, you're there. That's an amazing moment that the same God whose presence we will eternally stand in awe of is present now with us, right here, right now with you. He's, he was present with you in your car on the way here. And that's our prayer, right? Is it's not, God, I'm going to bring this, and you're going to show me this, and I'm going to do this, and you'll get this. It's Holy Spirit, would you just lead me to be in awe of your presence right now, that the God of the universe would also just be intimately with me right now, that we can awe in his presence. That changes so many things, and we just say, Holy Spirit, cultivate awe of you. In fact, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, cultivate an awe of you right now in this place, that we don't have to wait for heaven. We don't have to wait for eternity to be in awe of you. We can be in awe of you right here. That we can be in awe of you in our cars. We can be in awe of you in our homes because your presence is with us. Open our hearts. Lift our eyes to you, Holy Spirit, right now. Help us to cultivate awe.
how do we <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> it's dry up here when we cultivate out what happens let me give you three quick things you ready four quick things really quick it lifts our head when we cultivate out it lifts our head I love to fly fish. And uh, when I take people out fly fishing, what I always tell them is don't forget to look up. Someone told me that and I tell them why. Uh, if you've never fly fished, but you hike and you're semi clumsy, you know what I'm talking about, which is you hike like this. You're like, we're going, it's so beautiful. Is it? <laughs> Try not to die on these rocks, right? Same thing fly fishing. You're in the river and you're just focused. You're watching the water and you're just there. And then you look up and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm in the most beautiful place on earth, right? Because I've been so focused on not falling, not tripping, not making a mistake, not looking silly that I haven't taken a second to just look up and be in awe. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Right? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As I cultivate an active awe of God, it allows me to lift my perspective above what is right in front of me to a heavenly perspective of the God who is for me. Some of you need to hear that today, that you, that you need to participate in the simple act of cultivating awe because you grind out in the details of what's right here in front of you. you. We had a word today about God is greater than your highs and lows in our prayer time. And I believe that that's for us here even today, that we're so in the details of not messing up and not failing and not being a mistake and not disappointing the people around us that we rarely lift our heads to be like, wow, God is amazing. And he's good, and his love is great, and his mercy is sufficient. So the Holy Spirit is actively engaged in lifting our heads to see the great and mighty works of God when we cultivate awe. Second thing, it informs our spirit. When we cultivate awe, it informs our spirit. See, the character and nature of God is hope-inspiring. We would do this small group all the time called Praying the Names of God. I don't know if you ever read that book, but it's fascinating. And when you begin to look at the names of God, it is hope-inspiring. Why? Because the character of God is good. That's what the psalmist says in Psalm 89. Who's like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. See, the more we stand in awe of God, the more we recognize his character at work, not only in our lives, but in the world around us. See, I love being around people who are good at recognizing what God does, right? Don't you love being around people who are just good at recognizing the character of God, of speaking out the character of God? Those are the people you want to hang out with, right? You want to hang out with the people who are always a drag? I mean, we, we do that because it's ministry. Come on. Oh, we're not going to be honest now? We're 25 minutes into this. Now we're not going to be honest? You don't have a bummer friend that you, you kind of pick when you hang out with them? just me okay cool yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I'm talking about some of you are like wait there's one of those I don't know you might be on the prayer list and not know it you don't know <laughs> all joking aside when we focus on the character of God it inspires our hearts and it informs our spirit that the Holy Spirit is active and working so what you want to know that God is active and working. Third thing, it inspires ministry. 
It inspires ministry. When we cultivate awe, it inspires ministry. I guarantee you, you have not heard this sermon before. When you when, it, when we cultivate awe, it inspires ministry. What do I mean? When our eyes, our heart, and mind are only set on material things, that is a profoundly less inspiring existence. And you know how I know? Because we've all set New Year's resolutions. Let me explain. When you set a New Year's resolution, right, what do you commit to? You're going to do a budget. You're going to do a fad diet where you only drink matcha, Right? You, maybe you, you do that uh, Marie Kondo, like purging things from your home, and there's some Swedish method where you pretend like you died and throw all your stuff away. Someone was telling me about that recently. But let's be honest, it doesn't last very long, right? Because soon the spending returns, the weight returns, the full closets return. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Why? Because we're so focused on material ra creation rather than the creator. Our lives are just so detailed into the material and our success is linked to the material. But it's, it's not very inspiring, to be honest. Like the building is inspiring, sure. But if we were in a missional church, if we were in a loving church, if we were in a church that worshiped, the building's not that inspiring. It's just an old grocery store. That's material. See, when the awe of God grips our heart, our focus is lifted beyond material gain. And ministry all of a sudden begins to fill our heart and our schedule. And I don't mean ministry from the church. I mean ministry as the church. Like Matthew eleven thirty four says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A heart that cultivates and is abundant in the awe of God and his goodness and his gospel becomes a mouthpiece for the glory and the gospel of God. I, I, I love teaching about how we share the gospel, but I feel like sometimes we almost overcomplicate it. We don't need a class. If you're full of the glory of God tell somebody about it and you know how I know that you're full of the glory of God is because you can't help but tell somebody about it and you know how I know that because when we're full of other things we can't help but tell somebody about it you're like I love my fitness trainer right I gotta tell somebody I love that taco shop I gotta tell somebody right I love whatever that movie is I gotta tell somebody whether it was the pink one or the sad one with the bomb I, I, I gotta tell somebody about it right I gotta tell somebody when we are in awe of God we will preach the gospel you're like I gotta tell somebody my work about Jesus just being out of being awe of God it'll happen it'll overflow See, a life lived in awe of God approaches work, approaches marriage, approaches parenting, approaches family, approaches friends, approaches community as a place of ministry. Why? Because we're inspired by an awe of God. We're just like, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And finally, it's my last one. You ready? It gives us a glimpse of heaven. Band, you guys can come up. Aren't you guys thankful for the worship team? I'm thankful for the worship team. If you want to join the worship, <laughs> come to Serve 101. It gives us a glimpse of heaven. Cultivating awe gives us a glimpse of heaven. It gives us a glimpse of the eternal glory that we look forward to in heaven. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, on earth, God is taking us from glory to glory, like that second song said. You're like, why are we singing this glory to glory? What does that mean? Don't play that song. Play the last song. Um, <laughs> you looked at me like, am I supposed to be playing that song? No, 
play the song you're, you're going to play. Don't worry. Um, but I love that song that we're not playing because it focuses on the glory of God. See, in heaven, that glory is fulfilled, but on earth, we can have a taste of that glory when we cultivate an awe of God. But how often do we really taste and see that God's good in his presence? Versus how often do we simply just turn the crank on relationship with God, going through the motions? Think about this for a second. What would it look like in your time with the Lord, maybe devotion time or whatever you want to call it, to not try and manufacture an experience, but to simply, even for one day, one moment, one week, one life, to be in awe of God? What if your car became a place of awe where you said, when I drive, I'm just going to be in awe of God, even though I want to be in anger at the traffic. I'm going to choose to be in awe of God just to reflect it as creation. What if our homes became places of awe? We sat down with our children and we just said, God, we're so thankful for you. We love you. We're in awe of you. Holy Spirit, your presence. Young married couples, what if your home, a marker of your home, even as a young couple became, God, your presence is here. We're in awe of you. That when you came home, you didn't come home to a list, a honeydew list, but as a man of your home, you came and led in presence in awe and just said, we're gonna be in awe of God together. What if we begin to look at the world around us with awe and reverence, God, you're so good. Look what you've made. What if we started looking at others as image bearers of God, just in awe of God? You want to start liking people more? Everybody you look at, just say, that's an image bearer of God. God, I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Here in the church, in this corporate gathering, what would it look like if we just came in in awe of God? What would praise look like? What would worship look like? It wouldn't look like, well, I don't like that song. It would look like, God, I'm just in awe of you. I worship you. I'm so thankful for you. You're so good. I just want to stand in your glory. I want to worship you fully. I want to be in your presence. I want to be praising you and lifting you up and exalting you. What would that look like? we just begin to lift our heads and say, God, I'm just in awe of you. I'm in awe of your presence. You're so good. Holy Spirit, would you just lift our heads even right now in awe of God to even reflect heaven for a moment that we could maybe even just get a, get a small picture of heaven in this church, in this place this morning of just being in your presence and being in awe of you and maybe for, for the person who's had their head down in the details and down in the muck and down in the mire, that they'd be able to just lift their head for a second to feel themselves straighten up and to stand in awe of you to the discouraged that they would just feel for a second renewed in your presence. For the lonely that they would feel the community of being together with all believers and celebrating you. We stand in awe of you. Holy Spirit, help us, lead us to cultivate a sense of awe. That's you. Would you just join me in praying that? Holy Spirit, help me, lead me to cultivate a, a life of awe of you. A life in awe of your presence. A life in awe of your creation. A life in awe of salvation. 
that it would stir, that it would, it would be the marker of my life, that I just lived in awe of you. I wasn't perfect, but I was always in awe of you. Sometimes that was just in awe of your forgiveness for loving me even though I make mistakes. Maybe it's in awe of your mercy that's never ending. Maybe it's in awe of the joy that you give, but I'm just in awe of you, God, in all things. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Would you do this with me? Would you just stand and let's just maintain a posture of prayer if we can. Would you stand and just bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray over you this morning, two things. And then we're going to end a little different today. I'm going to have the worship team sing the song, I Want to Know You. And in this song, I want us to do, I want to invite you or better yet, I want to open up the opportunity for you to participate in a few ways. There we go. One is our prayer team is going to be forward and then maybe on the side, wherever kind of works for you guys, you guys have space. So at any point as we're worshiping and spending time in the presence of God, if you feel like something is stirred upon your heart that you would like prayer for, and I know there's many things because I see the list that comes in and you're like, you know what? I want to be a part of the family of God and just go into a place of prayer and receive prayer. Our team's going to be up here in the front. In fact, you guys can kind of make your way wherever you need to go even right now. And the second thing is we worship. I just invite you to a posture of praise that reflects in awe of God. Maybe for you, you just need to lift your hands and go, God, I worship you with all of my heart. Maybe it's finally time for you to put your physical posture in alignment with your heart posture, or maybe you're believing that your physical posture will lead your heart posture to God. But I wanna pray two things. Would you bow your heads with me? The first thing is very clearly this, and we gotta make sure we always say this because I know that the love of Jesus is so good and so life-changing that if you say yes to Jesus today with our eyes closed and our heads bowed here, I know not only will you have a life in awe of the Most High God, but you will live for an eternity with the Savior who loves you and knows you, that if you confess your sins and you declare Jesus as Lord, that right now your life will be transformed by Him and you will receive salvation through Jesus Christ. So that's you here today. I want to invite you. If you would say, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior. And I want a new life in you beginning today. I want the old to be gone and the new to come. I want the mercy that washes away all of my sin and all of my shame. And I choose you today, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, that I might be in awe of you here and for eternity in heaven. I I don't know where my eternity is set, but I want it to be set right now here, that if I were to pass away even now, I would walk in the glory of you, in awe of you for eternity. If you're here and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, would you do me a favor? With all our heads closed and eyes bowed, right here, just you and him, this is your commitment to him. Would you lift your hand, say, I say yes, to Jesus this morning. You can put your hand down. I want to pray for you. Then I'm going to invite you. If that's one, if you're one of the people that raised their hand, we have a Bible for you. And you say, well, I already have a Bible. At least get the card that's inside on your way out because the card inside will, will lead you because you made this decision standing there by yourself, but you don't have to walk this journey by yourself. We want to walk it with you. And so I want to encourage you. If that's you and you raised your hand, we want to walk this with you in relationship because we know it's so good. So come see me or swing by the table on the way out but I want to pray for you right now. So I want to pray, dear Jesus, I thank you right now. In fact, let's do this. Would you repeat after me, whole church? And if you raise your hand, repeat this and declare these words. Pray, dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I confess my sins before the cross and I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. 
the old is gone the new has come in your mighty name amen can we praise the lord this morning for what he's done the second thing right here in prayer posture is you're saying god i long to cultivate a life of awe with you would you just lift your hands with me and i want to pray over your life god holy spirit lead me right now to just cultivate a life of awe with you holy spirit i pray over these hands raised and i release them right now into worship into praise right now in the name of Jesus and I just pray would you cultivate Holy Spirit would you lead them in, in an awe of who you are God that they wouldn't feel a sense of trying to earn or prove anything but they would just rest in an awe of you I pray right now would you reveal your greatness to them right now in this place would you reveal your goodness right now in this place would you reveal your grandness right now in this place would you reveal yourself to them right now in an even deeper sense and begin to stir up in awe of your presence and God as those things begin to come God I pray that they would not feel stuck in their seat but I pray them released in the name of Jesus if they need breakthrough I pray they would come forward and receive prayer for breakthrough if they need restoration I pray restoration if they need to forgive some things before they feel like they can step into awe I pray it right now in the name of Jesus and I just release you church into the awe of worship as we declare these words and into the time of prayer in obedience with the word of God in Jesus' mighty name. Let's sing this out together. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.